Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck. This is Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. I am a two-time, almost 10-year survivor of breast cancer. I'm the patient programs assistant at Breast Friends of Oregon. And when I have time, I write at a blog called I Never Liked Pink. And that's also where you can find me on social media. So today I'm so excited because my two guests are childhood friends. They're both breast cancer warriors and the authors of the hilarious book, When Boobs Attack, A Girlfriend's Guide to Breast Cancer. And they are sniff. Excuse me. This is what happens when you have cancer. Your your mouth doesn't work and your brain doesn't work. So my guests are Stephanie Ewing and Jen Pope. And the book that they wrote is awesome because it really should have a subtitle. All the things that your oncology team doesn't tell you, but you really need to know because life happens and cancer happens. And if you can find humor in it where you're not crying, it really makes it so much better. So ladies, thank you so much for being here today. Stephanie, I'm going to start with you. So welcome. Thank you. And you were my guest last year because you have also written two other books, maybe more, but the, they are the shower habit and the sleep habit. And they're really guides to little steps that can make your days easier, whether it's the morning in the shower to really get motivated. And it literally it's step-by-step step. and also the same thing for sleep, because many of us who've gone through a cancer diagnosis, insomnia is a huge problem. And Jen, or excuse me, Steph has really broken it down to what you need to do. So, well, and listeners, that episode is May 19th of 2021. If you want to go back and find us. So Stephanie, welcome. Thank you. And other than the cancer, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Well, as you can see, I'm four years cancer-free. I have hair, eyelashes. I love it. Um, I'm also a mom, wife, school principal, and pet owner of an entire little farm. I love that. Yes. I, I remember that you're your farm and uh, thank you for being a principal, especially in this crazy time that we've gone through because, and sticking with it because it is not easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, I don't have anything to say about that right now. Let's move on. <laughs> yes. And Jen, welcome to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I am a um, wife, mother, um, English language learners teacher in the school district um, with Stephanie. She was the one that kind of reached out to me for the job when I retired from my previous position after 20 years. Um, and, you know, I just kind of do a little of everything. I have all of my children are adults. Um, I have eight grandchildren at this point. Um, you say eight? Very, eight. Oh, bless you. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's through, you know, like I have uh, stepdaughters, foster children, yep. biological children. So um, whenever anybody asks me, it's like, well, how many kids do you have? And I'm like, 11 before? <laughs> kind of on the day, you know, how long has it been since I counted last? But yeah. Um, so, you know, lots of, lots of people around and, you know, yes. and it's great being able to work where I do. Cause then it's just like having 
you know, more? 70 more, 70 more grandchildren around there. So mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. That's fabulous. So Jen, tell me the cliff notes of your diagnosis and treatment. Oh goodness. That's horrifying. Um, years and years and years and years before I got my actual diagnosis, I had felt a lump and I went in and I had, you know, the doctors were just like, and eh, we'll watch it and eh, you're fine. Eh, you're, you're you too know, young. You're okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're too young or, you know, oh, it could just be a gland. It could be this. And just so I had mammograms, I had ultrasounds, I had tests, I had this. And, you know, after about three years, um, they're just like, oh, your scan is clear. And I'm like, that's weird. It's still there, but you know, maybe you looked at it. And then, you know, eight months later, I was like, okay, this is painful. It hurts. I've got to go in, went to a completely different doctor, completely different setup. And oh my gosh, the poor guy just about his eyes bugged out. Cause he could just tell from looking at me 10 feet away. I had, I had breast cancer. Mm. That was it. And then it just steamrolled from there. So yeah. finally found somebody that took me seriously. That is so important actually to really be your own advocate. And it, because otherwise, if you had gone, unfortunately, probably to that same places where you were going, that have been like, oh, it's, it's nothing. You're fine. So thankfully you did that. And then you went through, you had chemo first. Is that correct? I, you, well, I had surgeries. No, I had okay, all sorry. surgeries first. Um, and I had to have a few because at the same Got time it. You, that I yes, found Steph out, had chemo first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time that I found out, you know, definitely confirmed breast cancer. I also had uh, kind of what they call like level four, stage four high markers for precancerous cervical cancer at the same time. Lovely. And so um, it just meant more surgeries, but um, it was also because my cancer is estrogen based that it's not surprising that I had mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, I had um, a bilateral mastectomy bilateral mastectomy on both sides. Um, I had, you know, the lymphedemas had to be removed um, because they were uh, definitely infected. Um, I had to have a full um, hysterectomy, all ovaries, all plumbing, all parts, everything all had to be taken out. And so those surgeries were less than a month apart. And then I, I, then all the other stuff started two months apart, my mastectomy, and then my full, full hysterectomy, and then the reconstruction in July. So, you know, it just, it, the, the, the beauty and fun just kept on coming. (laughs) Steph, how about you? I know you, you had opposite of, of Jen, I believe from your book, what did you, what was your diagnosis and how'd you go through it? Uh, First ever mammogram. Uh, They said, Hey, there's something right there. Look at this picture. Does that look black? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, we think it looks gray. If it's black, it's a cyst, but if it's gray, it could be cancer. You're like, I'm going for black then please. And I said, uh, I thought they were crazy. I thought totally black. And they said, well, are you a warrior? I'm um, a mom. I, I, I was just going to say you're a mom. That's, that's 100% goes with the territory. I said, yes, I worry a lot. So let's go check it out. And they said, okay, we'll do that. And then then, like Jen said, the whirlwind started and, and I went to that very first meeting with the surgeon and, you know, at that page, I didn't, I didn't know what a stage versus a grade versus a, I, I knew nothing. And she said something like, well, you're so young with triple negative breast cancer. Ugh. And I'm like, wow, she really emphasized that. I wonder what that means. Don't well, Google that. Yeah. Do no, do not Google. If you don't know, you don't know. Like just, you know, I I will say Jen is luckier with the, it really is because the hormone positive does have more 
curable treatments, I guess is the way to say it. Triple negative is a bitch. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Don't, when they start throwing out um, survivability rates, you're like, yeah. ew, ew. <laughs> Hard pass. I don't like that. No. <laughs> and you also went through, you did your chemo first and then the mastectomy. Yep. Sentinel node biopsy inserted the port. Then I got the chemo. Then I did the mastectomy and I got those lovely expanders placed. Mm-hmm. Ooh, those, are, those are nice baseballs. Mine were baseballs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was talking to uh, Dana Donafrey the other day from Anna Ono intimates, the um, launch, the all boob inclusive um, lingerie company. And she said her expanders were square. She goes, I don't know what they put in me, but my boobs were square. And I was like, Ooh, that is awful. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're yeah. wide. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. The whole expanders are a nightmare. So you guys, you were childhood friends, but then, and in high school, I believe, you know, and, but then you lost contact. How did you manage to get together again? Um, because you didn't live in the same place anymore. Correct. And how did your lives intersect again? Well, it's, it's kind of funny because both Jen and I had kind of been private, you know, we weren't posted on social media you know, my immediate family knew, but it wasn't like we were, ah, we had breast cancer. And so our moms weren't necessarily supposed to be chatting about this. <laughs> and you can't stop them either one. So we should have known. We just, yeah. <laughs> so my mom said, hey, I'm not supposed to know, but Jen's mom told me she has breast cancer. And I said, <laughs> oh, no. So we, we put the chat in, in our book, actually, you know, I just reached out and I said, Hey, Hey, my life sucks. How's yours? Is it equally as sucky? Yes. That's, that's kind of how we started it. She was just like, Hey, I heard this. Sorry. You know, and you know, she was great. She was just like, tell me if you don't want to talk about it, tell me this. And I was just like, no, I finally have somebody that's willing to talk to me about it. That is one of the things is. There's a, there's a lot of people that you'll have in your life that just want to avoid that whole part of it until you're all better. And And it was so nice. Yeah. Finding someone who gets it. And literally you guys were diagnosed a month apart from each other. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And we hadn't spoken for over 20 years and then all of a sudden we're just back together and it's like. We didn't ever leave high school. We know each other. We're chatting. We're talking yeah. and laughing and we're having gross symptoms, but finding humor in it. Oh yeah. I would ask all the time ahead of time. I was just like, okay, so you started chemo first and how, how quickly does the hair fall out? And she was just like, oh, you know, relatively quickly, totally in patches like mange. And I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> I haven't shaved for like three months because I knew that this chemo was, I just like, I told her, I was like, if you could see a video camera now on our Facebook chat, you'd see me racing by the screen with a can of shaving cream and four razors. Cause I am, I am going to the shop, mate. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you guys think, Hey, we're going to, we're going to take all the stuff that we're going through and write a book. Jen started out with the joke, hey, we should write a book, and she pops off with a few ideas, and I fire back with, yeah, I have one, how to save money at Victoria's Secrets, and do you know what happens when you don't have any nose nose hair? Drips. (laughs) It's 
It really is. I had no idea. I'm like, okay, we all need to know this stuff because like, you know, this is really, really important. You know, stop buying shampoo, baby wipes, totally cover it. I mean, it really covers it all (laughs) just fine. Well, for me personally, I, even though I've gone through it twice, I haven't had chemo either time. Incredibly lucky. But in the support groups that I've worked with various women, that's one thing they do talk about is the nose hairs, because like the hair go, it's it's not just your eyebrows and your hair. It's everywhere. It is like the full meal deal. Like, don't have to worry about waxing, shaving. Um, but the nose hairs, we don't realize how much it protects us from things going in and gunk coming out. Yeah, I would keep those little um, handy packets of Kleenexes um, in my, you know, non-existent cleavage at that point, because I didn't have any, they were gone. (laughs) But, you know, you tuck them into the side because, yeah, you've got about, you know, 0.7 seconds to catch that. Did you ever walk around Kleenex just stuffed up your nose? I never really quite got that far. Okay, because that would have been a fun picture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There is a beautiful photo in the book of the two of you together, both with, uh, with no hair, but you just look so happy that you actually got to be together. How did that work out? Because you didn't live in the same place. Yeah. So Jen lives closer to where we grew up and I had gone back to visit my mom and I didn't even think about it. She said, Oh, I really wanted to take twinsy pictures. And I'm like, yeah, we should totally do that. So I stopped by our house and we had a little photo shoot in the backyard. That's awesome. Now in the book, when boobs attack there, there really is, there's so much humor in it, but at the time, it sounds like you guys, many women are kind of in the, the, the pits of despair when you're going through this, did you have those experiences or were you really focusing on trying to make it as just finding the humor in every day? So you didn't cry. I, I don't, really, I'm not the type of person that gets into the pits of despair, especially when it relates to myself. I mean, I'm sad for a lot of other people, but I just kind of, I'm fine. I get frustrated. I get angry. I get um, mad because I knew what was going on. I was telling everybody, I have cancer. There's got to be something wrong. Nobody believed me. And when I finally got the diagnosis, I was just like, I was right. And like, see you, know, you MFers, I was see, right. I knew I it. I was so right. You know, and, you know, so my husband noticed that I was getting really mad. And he was like, well, what are we going to do? How are we doing? What is going to make you feel better? Here's an old computer tower and a sledgehammer. I'm like, hey, that's a great idea. Don't do that. Don't do that. It made me feel really good for about a second until things started to rebound. And then I'm like, I got to talk to my doctor about this one. I got some explaining to do, you know. (laughs) So then once again, I took my frustration and just went immediately into humor. And, you know, I'm telling Stephanie, I was just like, yeah, we're hilarious. Let's keep going. I love that. I've actually participated. I've gone to it. They're, they're either called smash rooms or rage rooms where you can go pay to do that. And I did do it a few years ago with family members. We were all in town for my grandmother's celebration of life. And it was my husband, my cousins, my sister and I were like, let's go smash shit. And I named a, a VCR cancer and I beat the crap out of it. <laughs> so I fully understand that. Um, one thing I, I want to I commend you on for in the book, at the end of every chapter, you give definitions. Like you talk about these things, the port and New Lasta and, you know, what's what's a, a DX or, a D, you know, all these things. And 
if, if you're just going through this, you don't know what all these things mean. And the doctors and everyone else in the world is spouting that off. And um, so was this because you, as you said, Steph, when you went in there, you're like, I don't know what any of this means that you kind of were clueless. And then you're like, okay, this would also be helpful. Yeah, I definitely was clueless. I can vividly remember wondering what the difference was between a grade and a stage because I'd heard stage before um, in terms of cancer, not just at school. Mm-hmm. And I was really confused. And so as we wrote the book, I remember thinking, I really want that to happen. But Jen's the magician, man. She was like, I'm on it. I got this. And we just started putting those definitions in. Yeah, for me, it helped to just have them not only available in the book, but also to review it again, because I was looking at my old bills. And it's like, wait, what did they do on me that day? What happened here? <laughs> I don't recall. So we are going to take a quick break. So uh, ladies, please stay with us. Listeners will be back. If you would like to make a donation to Breast Friends, you can do that on our website or by texting BF Radio to 41444 to ensure that no one goes through cancer alone. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. My Care Crew's mission is to make the cancer journey a little more bearable. They offer products and services that have been specially designed and curated to meet the needs of cancer patients, caregivers, and their loved ones. The mobile app connects patients and caregivers with their care crew to streamline day-to-day challenges experienced in the cancer journey. The app makes it easy for patients and caregivers to ask for help, manage the inflow of help from loved ones, share updates, create wish lists, and more. You can download the free app in the Apple and Android stores today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. 
To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. I am Michelle Beck. My guests are Stephanie Ewing and Jennifer Pope, authors of When Boobs Attack, A Girlfriend's Guide to Breast Cancer. And we are talking about their cancer journeys, why they wrote this book, and because they really wanted to share information that's so important, but they also made it freaking hilarious. I, I was telling them before we started that I was sitting in places reading the book and cracking up. And my husband's like, aren't you reading a cancer book? And what is so funny? I'm like, that is what is so important about it. But there are also laughter and tears in there. And I kind of just want to go through and talk about certain things because you, you go literally time-wise, you just kind of go through the start to the finish. And um, Stephanie, one thing I want to start with, because I identified with you so much when you talk about your diagnosis and your team asking you, well, what, what do you want to do? And it's like, excuse me, I'm the patient. You're the doctor. Yes. Yes. Everything is a choice, but don't ask me what I want to do. Tell me what I need to do. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. They're, they're sitting there in the office and they're saying, well, it's, it's triple negative, so we want to be aggressive, but depending on where it's located, and since we're going to do chemo first, we might be able to do just a lumpectomy, maybe a single mastectomy, but it's up to you if you want to do a double mastectomy. So Jen, we're going to come back to Stephanie, but let's talk about you. Let's start with um, ports, because <laughs> this is something that is um, you... Well, explain what a port is for those who may not know. And then I want you to talk about the gymnastics it required for you and why you call your, called yourself the bionic woman. Well, Stephanie was the bionic woman. Oh, so, crap. yeah. <laughs> but um, so a port or a metaport is the access that they put um, um, usually on your upper collarbone opposite of the side that you have um, the the actual tumor, the cancer. So if the tumor is on your right side, then the port is going to go on your left collarbone. And it has a um, carotid line that goes up so that way they can get medicine in and then, um, you know, also flush and get, you know, retrieve blood out of the line because with the amount of medication that you have to have, um, it's just too much to do in a standard arm IV. So the port itself is, um, it's a it's a machine thingy that's about so big and um, it can't go under the bone. It has to go under the skin over the bone. And so it sticks out and it's a bump. Um, mine was pretty prominent. I have small bones. And um, so mine was a big old bump and that is what my team called it. So big old bump became Bob. <laughs> um, and Bob turned out to be a total jackass. Bob did not like his job. Bob did not want to do anything right. Bob did not God damn want it, to Bob. be there. Yeah. And that's exactly the tone that my oncology team would use because Bob was such a jerk that it would take minimum two, sometimes three or four different phlebotomists to be able to access my port line and be able to get in and out. And these are it. specialists as well at the, what these they should be doing. Absolute yeah. specialists. And it wasn't because they weren't doing their job. It was because Bob was a saboteur. Um, 
my body likes to heal things on its own really, really quickly. So um, my inner carotid line had developed what they thought initially was just like oh, a little blood clot because it's in your bloodline. So you put heparin in, see if you can clear that out, which you can taste for miles and it's gaggy in the Ugh. back of your throat. It's horrible. Um, that didn't work. So they made Drano and I got injected with people Drano right through Bob. <laughs> Because my system decided to grow a skin flap over the carotid line inside my body, and they had to literally melt it. Oh boy! Yeah, and, and you can't imagine weird. that. Yeah, that uh, human Drano is is really can't really be great for your body. No, it has. I mean, I put I put the um, chemical formation in the book, so you can see what it really is. You can look it up. It is legal to use on humans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just when they, the phrase that they use is Drano and that's what they tell you. It is it's people Drano. And, and also, and also to make it work, sometimes you had to get into literal gymnastics. What, how, yeah. what was that like? So, um, because the line could kink a little bit or twist or not be, you know, aimed too well, um, then, you know, you can't, you can't not supposed to stretch your neck too far because you could pull it out of place because it's, you know, it's really delicate surgery. But so I would do the diva T pose where you have to have my hand on my hip to prop arm up and then one on this side and then twist my head this way and a little bit back and that would work, you know, or I'm a little teapot and just kept going back and forth. And oh my gosh, it was, it was hilarious. And they still call those poses. I mean, this is four years later. I, you know, every time I go down to visit, especially if I have to have an updated infusion, they call him. Oh, yeah, we tried the diva pose today, Jen. Really? <laughs> really? You're like, I'm the teapot lady. <laughs> so, Stephanie, we were talking about the um, the team and giving you like options like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And that sounds pretty awful. I was horrified that they were asking me what we should do. I think I looked like a cartoon character. I think my eyes bugged out and I was shaking my head and really confused. Um, I, and the other thing was with triple negative, I just wanted the most aggressive surgery I could have. So I said, please double mastectomy. Let's just remove them both and wait till do it after chemotherapy to see how my specific cancer reacted to chemotherapy. And I was lucky I was cancer free at that point. That's awesome. And what you had to do to get the chemo, um, we were just talking ports with Jen. And so she told us about her, her gymnastics and poses and the little teapot. So you in the book, you call yourself the bionic woman with your port. What was that? Uh, where did that come from? So they give you a pamphlet about your port and it was purple and it was powered. So I had the purple power port and I had a, a bracelet that I wore and I just felt like I had robotic parts and I could do anything. Now, why was that port different than a standard port? I don't know. Okay. See, there's things that they still don't tell us. And if I were, I mean, if it was me, I would have been like, oh, that's a nice pamphlet and just put it in my binder with everything else. <laughs> because there's only so much that I want to read or know about cancer before my head will continue to explode. <laughs> It's so true. That's one thing about Jen and I, though. We are lifelong learners. So when we get an inkling that there's something we're not sure of, we dig in and find out everything. Well, and that's perfect. And that's why you're sharing it here in the book. And Jen, you had mentioned something that 
in you had gone through that someone had spoken with you about in chemo, which is fascinating to me, but it kind of makes sense that there is a potential correlation between morning sickness and chemo nausea, that if you don't get morning sickness during your pregnancy, you will have less nausea or no nausea during your chemo. Like that's fascinating. That, that is what I was told because, um, I have a weird, you know, drug reaction to everything in the world. Um, I'm allergic to Benadryl, which is an allergy medication, you know? Um, (laughs) so, and, and things like that. So I was really, really concerned about how the nausea would affect me because a lot of things that you wouldn't expect make me very sick and I react really violently. And she was like, well, it could be this, it could be that. How'd you do during pregnancy? I was like, oh, pregnancy is easy, no problem. She was like, wait, you never had morning sickness once? And I said, no. I said, all three pregnancies. She was like, you'll be fine. You won't have any nausea. And I was like, yay. I I totally (laughs) thought she was lying and trying to make me feel better. And so I just went through, you know, the first, I was like, and, you know, I think I told Stephanie on like the second one, I was just like, yeah, I think she's right. I'm not going to have, and then she called me a name. <laughs> so, <laughs> Stephanie's, Stephanie's was way different. She was like, I'm happy for you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Stephanie, when you went through it, you obviously had a very different experience with chemo. And you talk about in the book, how literally pretty much anything chemical that you put in your body makes you puke. And what was that like? And did you ever find anything that could help you through this process? You know, I, I told the doctors that I seem to be allergic to things that are supposed to reduce pain. So they tried to give me morphine, you know, childbirth, and I'm puking. And they said, well, that could have just been because, you know, childbirth. Childbirth, said, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so they give me this cocktail of three different meds for the first round of chemo, and I am puking. And for some reason, I was drinking red Gatorade, and so I was getting the red double chemo, and it, it was all, it was bad. It was like the exorcist up on in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next time I said, guys, that didn't work. And they said, oh, don't worry. We've got this patch. We'll put it behind your ear and it's going to be great. The patch uh, gives me a migraine, which makes me puke. So the third time they're, they're feeling bad for me. I've, I've, I've had to have some IV fluids. And so they say, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you an antipsychotic med. It's going to like wipe your brain out. You're not going to remember that you were sick. So <laughs> then you won't be worried. And then we're going to give you synthetic marijuana. So, you know, you'll be needing the munchies. It'll be great. And truthfully, that weird combo was the, the key for me to get through the next, you know, AC treatment plus the taxol. And I had no more puking. Yay for antipsychotic meds and synthetic marijuana. <laughs> I've actually become a huge fan of actually regular marijuana because it's the only thing that helps me sleep. Yeah. You know, I, as a, as a school employee that the thought of just regular marijuana, I was like, you know, can we just make it in a pill form so that I could just take it and it's from my doctor that way we're above board. <laughs> yeah. I, I do the gummies. I hate smoking, <laughs> but it has made a huge difference for me. I did want to really quickly chat about something that is um, kind of like mom juice that everyone talks about wine. You both, because going through this together, you're like, Oh, let's maybe, you know, chat at night, have a glass of wine. And um, how did that go with chemo? I called Jen a name again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Steph, Steph was not able to drink wine during her entire treatment. It's just that uh, the your 
your taste change. Um, the chemo really, really messes with your taste buds in a horrifying way that things are just really not right. Really not right. Look right, smell right, taste. Oh, weird. And it, Steph never managed to get past the, the wine tasting weird. Mine went away after about 36 hours. Um, so I couldn't have, you know, it also didn't come into effect for 12 hours. So it was like, okay, chemo done. I can go home. I can have a glass of wine. I'm fine. The next two days avoid it completely. And then I'm, I'm, then I'm perfectly fine. So that was nice. Um, I just wasn't able to share that experience with Steph. So that was another, (laughs) just another thing that just kind of happened differently. So, yeah, but yeah. (laughs) So I know I, it's, it's definitely like, it's such a thing like, oh, we're just going to sit and relax and have a glass of wine. It's like, no, no, no. Cancer takes so many things away from us. And Jen, for you, you talk about in the book, how much things weighed that were taken from you, which is freaking hilarious. So not something that the rest of us would generally think about, but you go into detail about how much your parts weighed. Well, it was, it was a running joke because, um, when I first started getting ready to do the treatment, you know, the ladies are just like, Oh, and you know, find something that you'd like to eat and eat the heck out of it. Cause you're going to lose so much weight from the nausea. And so, you know, kind of consider that. And I'm, I wasn't, you know, by any stretch, you know, very much overweight or anything like that in the first place. But I was like, hey, this will be cool. I can get rid of those 15 pounds that I hate. No, 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 nothing made me ill. But I decided I was going to start counting the surgeries as, you know, my weight loss program. So 36 triple D breasts in combined weigh five pounds, two and a half pounds each. Well, since I already also had to have the hysterectomy and the uterectomy, Um, the standard woman's uterus weighs about seven ounces. Mine was in horrible shape and it weighed 20. So, Hey, that was another pound. So I had over six pounds and two surgeries. And I was like, cool, I'm rocking this. (laughs) So before you went in for surgeries, did you tell them like, when you take off these parts, I need you to weigh them for me. Oh, absolutely. And my surgeon's just like, you want me to what, where I was like, it's a running bet. My husband thinks that they weigh about eight pounds. I think they weigh four and I'm right. And he's not and prove it. And the doctor's (laughs) like, okie (laughs) dokie. And he did. It was right there on the end. He was, you know, the full pathology as well, but right there, he was just like, well, it was 5.5 pounds, one ounce. And Jen, you won. Your husband was wrong. And I just remember sitting there like minutes after I woke up from surgery, you know, trying to do that whole, I'm I'm right. I'm right. And you can't, (laughs) you can't move your arms, can't can't move your arms, but I wanted to, I went right. God, I wish I had done that. It would have been amazing because I, I was right there with you after after my son. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think my boobs could get any bigger. And now I look down and I was like, oh, my stomach has gotten bigger now because of menopause. And it's like, oh, God, I wish my implants were bigger now. <laughs> so we are going to take a quick break. Listeners, please stay with us. If you would like to be my guest or share your warrior story with me, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone. 
and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. My Care Crew's mission is to make the cancer journey a little more bearable. They offer products and services that have been specially designed and curated to meet the needs of cancer patients, caregivers, and their loved ones. The mobile app connects patients and caregivers with their care crew to streamline day-to-day challenges experienced in the cancer journey. The app makes it easy for patients and caregivers to ask for help, manage the inflow of help from loved ones, share updates, create wish lists, and more. You can download the free app in the Apple and Android stores today. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Network comes in. Your host is Michelle Beck, a two-time breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Michelle Beck. My guests are Jennifer Pope and Stephanie Ewing, authors of When Boobs Attack, A Girlfriend's Guide to Breast Cancer. I'm going to make sure I got that right. So Stephanie, since you and Jen had your treatments in kind of opposite order and she had already been through a mastectomy, what did she do that really helped you um, get through that journey? You know, I, I didn't know I needed it, but I had like a mastectomy support kit sent to me. So I had a handmade um, boob pillows. If I ever wanted to try to sleep on my stomach in my expander chest zone, I had cutouts and I could lay down. I had wipes for all the drains and fun stuff. I had tank tops. I had a little jacket where she cut holes in the pockets so I could slip my drains into the pockets nice. and wear my little jacket. It was it was great. I used everything in the box and um, it, it's just things you would never think you needed. I love that. And at the end of the book, you also give like five or six different kinds of helpful bag recommendations for whether it's chemo or mastectomy or just support and things like that. So that is another really helpful thing, which I loved and definitely can be of use. So let's talk new Lasta. And that's something that I've heard, but I wasn't really familiar with. 
because I didn't go through it. And, you know, my friends have talked about it, but I was like, Ooh, when you guys are describing it, I'm like, this is nutso. So you guys had kind of different experiences with it. So Jen, tell me what went on with your, uh, well, what new lasted does and is, and then what you went through. So what it is, is it's basically an immunity booster for you. It helps some kind of like reinfuse you with the white blood cells that can help you fight off um, the infections because that's what the chemo obliterates is, you know, it's you're, you're down to zilch. And so the new last is um, something that will be able to just get you through to the next couple of weeks until you get blasted again. And um, I had started off with Granix, which was a um, kind of like a viscous fluid intramuscular shot, but it wasn't doing enough for me because it just simply wasn't strong enough. So I did have neutropenia. I had gone down to essentially 0.0001% white blood cells, which is verge of death. And neutropenia um, is lack of white blood cells, basically. Yeah, lack of white blood okay. cells. And mine were about 11,000 times lower than what it should have been just because they, they literally disappeared. And so I had to be in the ICU in a chemo ward for five days. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that ever. It's, do not recommend zero stars. Do not recommend zero stars because not only does everybody try to be really nice to you, they also can't come anywhere near you, including your medical team because <laughs> they could kill you. But um, once I got onto the new Lasta, it was great. It worked in such a way that the other didn't. It just had the one snap. Stephanie will explain more about the snap part. She had worse experiences than I did once again. I felt horrible about that. But um, everybody reacts to it differently. Mine, it gave me um, kind of like uh, body aches, but in three different zones for 30 minutes at a time, all through about a, you know, anywhere from a six to 12 to 18 hour period and literally can't touch, like don't breathe on my shoulders. I will cry <laughs> pain. And then it switches to something else, but oh man, it worked. It worked. I felt so much better. Um, and I never, ever, ever had a problem with my numbers going anywhere near bad again. They just stayed in beautiful levels at that point. But sometimes, because it is another bionic Stephanie body machine thing, it doesn't. Well, I want it really quick before we jump to Stephanie's experience with it. I want to talk about, you had talked about sometimes the different aches in different parts of your bodies and you would be moving around that at one point you were in like downward facing dog and like your daughter yeah. would walk by and leave a plate on your butt because, yeah. because, because my butt, why not? I could, yeah. I, I couldn't have anything touching like the backs of my thighs. So I couldn't sit properly on a chair, but I also couldn't have anything on the bottoms of my feet. So my feet had to be up. And then my, um, like the back of my head hurt. So I was just like, okay, I'll do this. And I can turn my head sideways. And the next thing I know, I got a plate on my ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was funny and it was there. But when I had to change positions elsewhere or something like that, I had a dog on my chest. <laughs> because they're just like, hi. Hi, this, this is a good cool. place to lay. Cool. Close yeah, to and mom. We, yeah, and we have a cat. And I realized how much I needed to clean. Because yeah, didn't matter. Seven seconds, I'm covered in cat hair. <laughs> I feel you with two dogs. Let me tell you. So Stephanie, tell me about the, uh, the, your other bionic thing and the snap. What's the snap? New last shot. If you don't have this cool device, you have to come back 27 hours after your chemo. So if anybody's been through chemo, you know, 27 hours after chemo, you're not feeling up to going to the, getting in the car and going back to the doctor's office. So they developed this cool, thicky bug injector thing. They slap it on your stomach and 
it just sticks there. And then, you know, 27 hours later, you hear a beep, and then like click, 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 and then it pokes this tube in your stomach and injects you with the stuff. I jumped every time. So I, I remember it's like the third chemotherapy treatment and the, the little bugs on my stomach and I hear beep. So I'm waiting for the snap. It never happens. I called my doctor. I said, it didn't poke me. She said, I've never heard of that happening before. So then I had to drive back into the doctor to get the regular shot because my little sticky bug injector thing didn't work. So you had no snap. You no like, snap. you know, you could do the arm flip, but no snap. Yeah. <laughs> it, was the, it was the, yeah. <laughs> well, I, one thing I loved so much was your, you're talking about your hair and your different hair experiences. Literally, I was crying. So, uh, Steph, I'm going to start with you because you had a couple terms in there that literally like made me lose my shit. So, uh, tell us about your hair, hair loss experience, please. So I worked at an elementary school. I had kindergarten through fifth grade students, and I was going to be going through breast cancer treatment. And I didn't really want to traumatize any of my students. Um, you never know the outcome of, of breast cancer. And so I just kind of wanted to make the year as normal as possible for them. So I got a wig that matched my exact hair. Um, let me tell you, real hair wigs, hand lace fronts, yada, yada. That was expensive. I could have bought a car for that. Um, but I had the wig and then some friends of mine gave me a call. Okay, what's your name? And I'm like, my wig needs a name. Anyway, she became Stella. So Stella got a groove back on the head and I wore that <laughs> wig to school every day. Um, but then my hair started coming back in, you know, after all the treatments and I was horrified. I mean, I was excited. I'm getting these little wisps, but I, I had like the, the old guy bald on top. I, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to look like, like a monk fire tuck, you know, from the <laughs> cartoons, Robin Hood. And I'm going to have this ring of hair with bald on top, <laughs> not looking good. I was so worried. I stressed myself out so much. So I actually put a picture in the book. Hey, if you're coming in looking like a monk with a bald head, it might be okay. It does get better. It just takes time now. So you went with Stella, but Jen, what did you decide to do? Because I wigs, wigs were not for you. So how did, how did that work for you? Um, I had friends that had um, alopecia and so they gave me their gorgeous, you know, real hair, hand tied wigs, but I just, I couldn't wear it. They just felt so uncomfortable for me. And I looked dumb in a hat. I just, I look really, really dumb. So I was like, not going to do that. So I just asked everybody at work, bring me your scarves, give me something. Um, gave a bunch of them back because they obviously belong to their grandparents, but um, <laughs> I had a bunch of really nice and fun ones. And so my husband was wonderful. He helped me go through um, kind of like a fashion show one night where I went through and I did like about, I don't know, 15 different ones, sent them to everybody at work and posted them on Facebook and said, which ones do you like? And um, they're like, oh, this one's great. That's, you know, hippie chick. You know, I had um, an old cheap wig that I put a braid and then put it underneath the cat and tied it. So I, you know, that was my 60s day. I had a biker chick. I had all sorts of things. And then that it allowed me to dress up as a new character every single day because I was, I was pretty horrified when I lost my hair. I had it originally, um, I mean, for me, it was a big accomplishment. I had long, gorgeous beach waves down to my hips. Mm. And I was like, and eh, this is going to go away. Great. I don't have time or the money to make it into a wig. 
And so I waited, I had it cut a little shorter so that way it wouldn't be quite as dramatic. So it was like up to about where it is now. And then it started to come out in chunks and I was like, I'm done, I'm done. But I don't spend money like going to a salon or anything like that. So I called my son's girlfriend. I said, Hey Dolly, can you come over? I need some help, honey, bring your clippers. And she's like, sure, I'll do it. Shaved my head, stuck it in a bag. And the reason I chose hers because I knew she could do it really well. She's a dog groomer. <laughs> she can, she can handle this. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was the most hilarious thing that we had done in a long time. We were, we were dying. We were laughing so hard, but it was, it was a wonderful experience. It was a great way to lose my hair was mm-hmm. just have, you know, a sweetheart of a dog groomer come over because it was, it was just a thing. <laughs> yeah. I actually tell a lot of my patients who are coming in and going to experience the hair loss that now is the time to dye it blue, to cut it in a mohawk, to do all the fun things that you've ever wanted to try because you're going to lose it. So why not? So just anything to lighten it up. And I love the fact that you have to dog groomer shave your head. <laughs> And so next I want to talk about tattoos. So a lot of women go through and post mastectomy, they, they have their breasts tattooed or their nipples tattooed, but Jen, your tattoos kind of happened in a different way. So yeah, with my type of reconstruction that I was able to have, I couldn't do um, the implants because I had a lot of post-chemo radiation. And that meant that the skin itself was too damaged to be able to put an implant under, do the expanders and make and get larger. It would it would have just not worked. So mm-hmm. I was able to have deep lap reconstruction, which is they take um, skin and body fat from another area in your body and um, reattach it and transfer it and form boobs from your own material, your own body material um, to do it. And you can pick the design size, shape and everything like that. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of extra body parts on me, but it turned out that, you know, Hey, I can go ahead and get rid of that, you know, middle bulge. And I got a total tummy tuck out of it, but I had a tattoo belt, um, <laughs> initially and the surgeons, cause it takes two to do this kind it's, it's, a, it's about a 10 to 12 hour surgery for an individual. And they don't want you under that long. So they have people, two guys working or general, two doctors working side by side. I had two gentlemen who were freaking out about my tattoo belt. They're like, well, we'll cut a little higher. So it, I was like, don't you do it. I said, you choose what is going to work medically the best. And I don't care what, you know, it looks like in the end, because I'm really going to be the only one that's going to notice it. And they're just like, sure enough. And so on the inside of my cleavage, I've got whoop, little rose vines now. On, on both sides? On both sides. They well, made a match and just go whoop. <laughs> I haven't had it fixed or adjusted and made mm-hmm. more yet or fixed my belt or anything. I'm just, yeah, I'll think about it. But for right now, it's just hilarious to look down and go, yeah, oh, they're there. Designer boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Designer boobs without intentionally doing it. So I love exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> now, Stephanie, you had talked about in the book how cancer and some other friendships connected you to, to Hollywood. So you, you got to, you know, do some celebrity meeting. Tell us about that. Well, this was Jen's connection. So oh gosh, she- I'm sorry. This is how my cancer brain works. I literally went through the book and took notes like J S and apparently I messed that up. <laughs> well, I got to meet him too, but Jen had the connection. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was a member of knocking point winery, which is in Walla Walla. And it was because I kind of knew the father of one of the co-founders, um, 
uh, Drew Harding. And then when I found out that, you know, the partner was Stephen Amell from The Arrow, I was like, oh, that makes it even more fun because my mom's like really into him. He's got muscles and he's pretty. He's pretty. And mm-hmm. He's very pretty, but he's straight. He's also insanely kind, just insanely kind, sweetheart and really funny. And, but he had started um, the F cancer campaign because his mother had breast cancer and he was just like, we got to do something about it. So um, I joined Knocking Point and then Stephanie joined with me. And then that meant we got to go to the, you know, the members parties and everything like that, where Stephen and Drew and all the rest of them are there. And, you know, if he knows that you had cancer going through cancer, you know, or anything like that, he takes time out to stop and chat with you. So we always get to meet him and he is always wants to know how we're doing. Are you okay? Everything good. And, oh, it was, it's just really fun to have that one-on-one attention for a few minutes. I love that. Gosh, we are almost out of time. So Stephanie, (laughs) what has been the best part of, because you've written books on your own before, but writing it with this friendship that in, that you have created, recreated because of cancer, what was the best part of that? Uh, I think it's really healing to uh, go back through your memories and laugh at some of the tough times you went through. Um, it, it helps to kind of put those traumatic experiences in the past where they are. And so it was just, it was a really healing event for us. We went back and forth and we'd read each other's chapters and say, oh my gosh, you went through that. I don't even remember that. And it was, it was a really fun experience. And Jen's a really good writer. She's hilarious. So it, it just made it all the, all the more fun. I love that really quick. We're gosh, we are out of time, unfortunately. So um, two seconds, uh, Stephanie, where can listeners find you on socials? Oh, okay, well, yes. So we have the book, the book. when boobs attack yes. the black bra on the cover, Amazon. You can go there. We also have a Facebook group that you can find. Um, so join us. We love to answer questions. Perfect. Jen, what about you real quick? Um, I'm just connected with Stephanie through that for social media. Perfect. Um, okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Ladies, thank you so much for being here today. It has been my pleasure. So listeners, please go to Amazon and find when boobs attack. You will not regret it. And if you're going through this, share it with your girlfriends because they need to know. So also if you or a loved one need our services, please go to breastfriends.org to see what we can do for you or to donate. We need every penny. It all helps. And you can find our podcast on the voice America health and wellness channel, or wherever you find your podcasts, you can also watch on the breast friends, YouTube channel. If you would like to nominate yourself to be my guest or share your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck.org. We will be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle Beck again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.